Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. If you're looking for a solid and reliable contract that you can feel good about sending to your clients, look no further than the WVS contract, crafted by a licensed attorney in the state of Colorado. It might just be the best contract for wedding videographers in all of North America, or even maybe the world. Uh, hard to know. Regardless, if you're unsure of whether the contract you're using right now is good enough, go to WeddingVideographySchool.com right now, enter the password podcast, and start protecting yourself and your business today. Hey guys, welcome to Wedding Videography School Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. I know I am. Snowflakes are flying outside my office window here. And it's, it's really coming down. Really coming down out here in Colorado. Having a great uh, great winter so far, at least in my eyes. Because the less snow, the better. But today I'm actually in the comfort of my home, watching the snow come down. And, uh, I, I do enjoy that, but usually I, I kind of enjoy warm weather. So... Uh, glad to not be out shooting a wedding in the snow. I was out last weekend shooting a wedding. Uh, shout out to Rue, my assistant last week, who came out and helped me with that. Um, and uh, even got the got a little dance party going. We call him Rue the party starter now. Uh, majored in dance and poli sci at Colorado College, Colorado Springs. So. Uh, <laughs> Putting that degree to work. Putting that degree to work. Today I want to introduce a new segment called Review the Reviews. I'm going to read a review from one of you guys and uh, give my own review on your review. <laughs> Today's review comes from Monica J. She says, I stumbled across this podcast while searching for a photography and videography podcast and listened to all of the episodes on one drive. I really enjoyed the content. I thought good topics were covered and the interview was interesting. I appreciate it, Monica. That must have been a pretty long drive. Um, hope you got to where you're going safely. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the five-star review. If you guys are listening to the show and you love it, please get on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and uh, tell us what you like, and uh, tell us what you want more of. That would be fantastic. Thanks. We got a good show for you guys today. Uh, going to be talking about acquiring gear. I know that in the beginning... Uh, you know, not having the gear that you want can be uh, a little discouraging, right? It can be discouraging not to have all the latest and greatest equipment. Um, so I'm going to talk about how you can overcome that in today's show. Now, when I first started out, I had a little bit of gear, um, not as nearly as much as I do now. Although I think I still like pretty much keep my my gear list pretty as as short as I can and pretty simple. I know a lot of guys out there who just have like all sorts of lenses and all sorts of cameras and just a ton of stuff. And 
I've always kind of had a more simple approach to everything. Um, and when I started out, I had a couple main pieces of gear. I had a monopod, a tripod, um, a tripod that I borrowed from a friend uh, for like a secondary camera angle for the ceremony, and then cameras basically that I would borrow um, from other friends who had cameras, right? I might give them like 25 bucks and borrow the camera for uh, a day. Um, and that's kind of how I got started. Um, the equipment that I had, I bought from, you know, using money that I just got from my regular full-time job. And so that's what I encourage most people to do is when you're first starting out, you're, you're going to want to, you're going to want to keep that full-time job. You're not want to, you're not going to want to just stop working, right? You're going to want to shoot weddings on the weekend, but during the week, you got to keep that paycheck coming in because as you grow your equipment list, uh, you're going to realize there's, there's a lot of value in having a full-time job, um, at least in the beginning. So, and something else to keep in mind is you really got to love what you're doing, right? You got to love shooting videos. I know for me, it was really, I started, I had been shooting videos for a long time, but when I was working in TV news, it was kind of like a sad um, segment of my life in the sense of, you know, things weren't, things weren't going super well for me. Um, you know, I was dealing with some personal issues. Um, and you know, I, I wasn't getting paid very much and, you know, I just kind of felt like my life was not where I wanted it to be and shooting videos, um, and not just weddings, but all sorts of videos at the time that that's what really, that was really like the thing that I've enjoyed doing and really the thing that kind of took my attention away from um, some, of the, some of the unpleasant things that were going on in my life at that time. Um, so I'd say, you know, when you love shooting and you love doing what you do, getting the gear and buying the gear becomes a lot easier in a sense. Um because you'll pretty much do whatever you need to do to get it, right? Um, and that kind of leads me into uh, the next part of how, how to get equipment. Um, obviously, you can borrow stuff from friends. Hopefully, you have some friends that are kind of interested in the same thing that you are. If not, go out and find some. Get on Facebook and join like the groups, right? The social groups that are kind of near you. Um, but... Aside from, you know, making friends and borrowing equipment and stuff, there's no real, like, magic trick to getting more gear, right? It's typically, um, it's usually a situation where you either have to work more, right, if you can't afford it, or you have to fi figure out a way to cut your expenses. Um, you know, the, the easiest way to have more money in life, and this is like a life principle, not just, not just for business and not just for wedding videography, but the key to having more money in life is always going to be to either increase your income or cut your expenses. So, you know, maybe you're somebody who goes out to eat a lot uh, and you don't go to the grocery store enough and make your meals at home. If, if that's you, um, consider, you know, don't, don't go through the drive through as much, right? Uh, eat something healthier at home or eat something just as unhealthy. I, you know, I don't care what, like whatever you want to eat is fine with me. Uh, but you know, do it at home, right? I mean, you, you can walk and I'm not 
a big advocate of these kinds of meals, but there's all sorts of meals at the grocery store that are super easy to make that like cost like a dollar, right? Macaroni and cheese, like all those pastas, those boxed pastas. Um, those are really good. And I don't want to turn this show into like a dietary show, but, um, there's all, all sorts of ways that you can really cut down on expenses and save up for, uh, that new camera or, you know, the Tascam DR10, which I really love. If you don't know what it is, go, go Google it now. One of the best things I ever bought. Um, and you know, that, that all kind of comes with time, right? Um, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes you just got to work and save and work and save. I would say if you're shooting weddings on the side right now and you still have a full-time job, just take all the money that you're getting from shooting weddings and pump it into getting new equipment um, or adding to the equipment that you have. Um, just, you know, you got to know when to stop, though. You know, once you have a three-camera setup and you have a good audio setup and you got <clears throat> reliable tripods and all that kind of stuff. You don't really need to keep going and buying all sorts of stuff that you don't need. Um, you really just want to have a good, a good setup, be able to edit and be able to do all the stuff that your clients expect. Um, but don't, don't go overboard and buy a bunch of stuff that you don't need. One of the ways that I found great deals, and this was only after I went out and wasted a bunch of money buying stuff new. I was, kind of experimenting with my style and experimenting with, you know, what camera should I get? And, you know, at first I went out and bought an HPX 170 from Panasonic, which is like their three chip, like kind of more traditional style video camera. And then, you know, I was spending all this time on Vimeo and I saw that people were using DSLRs and like the way their videos looked was just so cool. And I couldn't I was having a really hard time getting that effect with the Panasonic um, cameras. And, you know, I even went out and bought, I don't know if you guys remember this. I'm probably dating myself, but there used to be this thing called the lettuce adapter. And it was basically a depth of field, uh, depth of field adapter. And so basically it was like this electronic thing that you would put on the end of the Panasonic camera and it would shake like this glass in front of the lens and it would cause, I don't really know the science behind it, but basically it would help you get a shallower depth of field. But it was crazy because <laughs> it, you had to get mounting rails for it because it was big and heavy and it was like sitting on the end of your camera and then I had like a 50 millimeter Zeiss lens that I was using with it, which was awesome. That lens was killer. It was so cool. But it made the camera super heavy, super uncomfortable to hold. And the lettuce like ran on batteries. So, and it was all just to get the same and not even as good probably, but a depth of field like you'd see in a DSLR. And so that's an example of like gear that I went out and bought and paid for. I paid for the rail setup. I paid for the lettuce adapter. I paid for the lens. I mean, it was like thousands of dollars and it took me forever to go out and buy that stuff. And by the time, you know, I got it, I realized, shoot, I could have just gone out and bought a DSLR. Like 
this was stupid. So you don't want to go out and buy a bunch of new stuff. I would say, especially if you're kind of figuring out what kind of videography you want to be and like still figuring out what cameras you like and what equipment you like. Um, at least if you're going to buy stuff before you try it, at least buy it on like eBay or Craigslist or something. I actually found um, a microphone that I still have today. It's a, it's a road video mic and it's more of a secondary mic. I keep it in the bag. I use it during the ceremony and that's pretty much it. Um, I've since upgraded, but this road video mic I actually found on Craigslist and I found a couple really good pieces of equipment on Craigslist. I found a, a Zacuto Z finder. Um, I, I left the Z finder that I had at a wedding and went back like a couple hours later and it was gone. And, um, that was a bummer. So I had to go out and buy a new one. And I think like if I wanted a new one at the time, it was going to be like 250 bucks. And I found one on Craigslist for like 125 or something. And it was just at this guy's house. So I drove over, gave him 125 bucks and uh, saved, saved a bunch of money that way. Um, so I would say definitely look for used stuff. That's always a really good, a really good way to find stuff. And Craigslist is funny because now I don't recommend like meeting people and like really going to their house. That probably wasn't a good idea, but I think I had a friend with me on that particular occasion because we were actually on our way to a wedding. Um, and so I arrived a little early to pick that up from the guy. So I wasn't really worried, but if you're like a girl or even a guy, especially like a small guy or something like that, <laughs> I I would recommend like, you know, either take somebody with you or like, don't go to people's houses, meet them in like a well-lit parking lot or a public place or something like that. But Craigslist can be a great way to find that stuff. And funny story. I actually, with that microphone that I bought, I met the guy, uh, and he gave me his, he gave me the microphone. I paid him and he was like, he said something funny. He's like, Hey man, I saw that you shoot wedding videos from your email signature. And I said, yeah, yep, I sure do. And he was like, well, I'm getting married pretty soon, and maybe I'd like to hire you. And I was like, okay, well, just shoot me an email with, like, the wedding date and everything. And he did, and um, I got in touch with him. And it turned out that he was a super nice guy. I still remember his name. Chase. His name's Chase. Shout out to Chase, uh, though I don't think he listens to this podcast. Um, and I ended up shooting his wedding. And so the guy that I bought the video mic from, uh, it was uh, just a couple months later that I was shooting his wedding. So you never know where you're going to get a new client from either. Um, last thing on acquiring new gear is you got to be patient. I know, especially when you're excited about it and especially like when you just want to get out there and shoot, it, it can be hard to just realize that you need it's going to take time, right? All good things take time and you're not going to have every piece of equipment that you want right away. Um, I know I didn't. And you just kind of got to make do with what you have. Um, I was able to go out and shoot pretty much mostly like just like highlight videos, like in the sense of my video is like 80% music. Maybe I used a little bit of sound bites if I had one microphone that I could use. 
um, like one love mic or something. But at the end of the day, my clients really were happy. They were at the time they were mostly budget couples, you know, 500 bucks, um, to a thousand dollar couples. And they were really grateful to have a wedding video. So I know that you might feel like, Hey, I can't go out and shoot cause I don't have everything I need, but you can go out and shoot budget weddings at a budget price and turn around and take that, you know, 500 to a thousand dollars that you make and just turn around and buy equipment with it. That's what I did. And it worked really well for me. And, you know, eventually you'll, you'll have everything you need. You're going to feel, eventually you'll have everything you need. You're going to feel more prepared and you're going to be ready to go out and charge more. And, uh, that all comes with time and experience. So, so don't rush through it. And with that, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Again, check out the website, WeddingVideographySchool.com. Some uh, pretty good starter articles for you guys to read. Uh, Send me your questions, too. If you have a question, uh, a topic that you want to hear me talk about, uh, send it my way. Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at WeddingVideographySchool.com. Can't wait to hear from you. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, leave a review. Share this with a friend. Uh, They'll be glad that you did, and you'll uh, you'll look good. You'll look good. They'll say thank you. Thank you for sharing this with me. It's changed my life. And then they will probably send you like an Amazon gift card or maybe a edible, arrangeable or something. Hey guys, this episode of Wedding Videography School is brought to you by photographers wearing wide brim hats. Uh, Photographers wearing wide brim hats is the nation's number one wedding photography company. And for good reason, Uh, they are clearly the most creative, most unique uh, individuals out there. And their photography is so creative, I can't even begin to describe how creative it is. That's how creative it is. If you guys are working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats, then you're probably not working with the best photographers out there. So, um, you know, whether you're having a wedding, a birthday party, uh, or you're taking your kids to school, or you're hanging out at home, or going to the bathroom, you know, all things that you want photographed creatively, um, it should be done by photographers wearing wide brim hats. A lot of you guys, I know you're working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats. They might not be wearing hats at all. And um, that's a problem. If they're not wearing a wide brim hat, I don't know what the point of them even picking up a camera is. But when you work with photographers wearing wide brim hats, you know that you're always getting someone who's going to uh, give you the most incredible shots that you could imagine. So for your next event, whether it's a wedding, a birthday party, a family reunion, uh, your mom's pap smear, whatever the event, make sure that you hire photographers wearing wide brim hats um, to get the most creative still images captured, you know, one frame at a time. And that's what, that's what photography is. It's, you know, you hear the click, click, 
and you know you got one frame. And then you hear another click. Sometimes you hear eight clicks in a row, like click, 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 click. Uh, that, they just got eight pictures and maybe one of them is good, probably not. But the photographer wearing a wide brim hat, they are going to call those photos later on and you know really really select the eight or six shots that they got from the entire day um that they stood in front of the videographer to get and they're gonna they're gonna edit those down into something truly magical probably um probably just two eight by tens that you can put in the living room next to the closet door so give photographers with wide brim hats a call today and book them for your next event